What up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk, the podcast, the insurgent audible syllabus for queer women of color and queer folks of color. This is Money, the cotton candy-haired lesbian. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. Hey, cotton candy. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And I am Nikita. I'm back. And I am the brush cut baddie. She's back off the rig, y'all. I am. And reintegrating into society. I am. It's, it was a hard... Yeah, I had a hard go of it, but I'm back. I'm here. All right. Are you ready? You haven't heard the intro in like six weeks. I listened to the show. Oh, I wasn't sure. Anyway. <laughs> Drop the motherfucking intro. Your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your flow from a distance. Your vibe inside my submission. I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do. Your light is harmony. Every type, darkest night, brightest light. I'm loving your soul. They hate you, replace you, taint you, but know that you go. Worldwide from every continent. I just want you to jig a little bit. Move them hips, feel that bliss. Hug your sis, make a fist. Don't resist your temptation. You amazing, no limitation. My favorite in this matrix. We move by your vibration and that's love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby you love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby you love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby you love. You love. love. Alright, Nikita, you wanna let folks know where they can find us? Yes, they can find us on Twitter. Handle at Queer Rock Pod, it's the same handle for Instagram. You can also find us on Facebook, Queer Rock, colon, the podcast. You can also find us on where it all began, Tumblr, QueerWalk.com. And where can they listen? They can listen to us on CastBox, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play. <laughs> Why do you keep doing that? <laughs> I'm out of practice. No. <laughs> Just say it. It's all right. People know where they listen. They're listening right now. All right, Money. You and I are the hosts of this wonderful, amazing podcast. I know I am. We both are the hosts of this wonderful and amazing. This bitch do one episode by herself, and now she thinks. Anyway. And it was good. It was okay. I did miss you. I was like, wow, this is weird. Yeah. Uh, we won't even talk about that ridiculous mixing of the jingles, but... It- Diamond liked it. Well, <laughs> and it was probably more of a pity like than anything. Oh, fuck <laughs> um, What was I trying to say? Oh, we're the hosts of this program, but mm-hmm. it takes a community to make this happen. Sure. So how can you? Oh, you mad? <laughs> you you shitting on my jingle? It was okay. I don't feel like I'm in community right now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel marginalized. All right. Anyway, we'll bring you guys from the margins and tell people how they can contribute to this here community. From the margins to the center. <laughs> <laughs> if you too would like to be centered um, and be a part of this community, you can contribute to Queer Walk in one of two ways. The first way is monetarily. You can give us your coin. And you can do that one time, like non-committal, by going over to... Non-committal. The, yeah. A la Lizzo. By hitting off the Cash App. The Cash App is dollar sign Queer Walk Pod. P-O-D. Or... You can, like, put a ring on it, I guess, and, 
might commit. Oh, boy. <laughs> and become a patron over at patreon.com slash queerwalkpod. Oh, you can even see me. If you I'm like doing it, then it. you gotta put a ring on it. Okay. I'm doing the. Um, yes, and as a patron, you just become a sustainer of this hair program. It is a monthly contribution. You can give as little or a lot. It's just monthly. So we have some suggestions over there, but you can give uh, whatever you desire. And then you get a shout out here on the program. Other ways that are non-monetarily, is by loving us out loud. And this is important. And this is amazing because what month are we in, money? What month is it? Pride month. Can you... Money, I need you to sound a little more ecstatic. (laughs) It's Pride month! (laughs) (laughs) That's better. So, you know, this is our month as a community, you know? Well, we have several as a community. We really do. (laughs) Month, like history, month, yeah, Asia Pacific Islander month, Hispanic Hispanic. yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a lot, we got a lot, but this this one is all about visibility, right? And so, you can help us out through the entire month by loving us out loud. Maybe you're going to like a pride celebration, just like print out our logo and like put it on a um, uh, what do you call those things? Things Uh, that you hold at a protest, a sign, a sign. Oh my god. I thought they had a special name. Yeah, you can rate us, review us, request topics, um, repost us, retweet us, reply to the uh episodes, tell us what you liked, what you would maybe suggest for maybe the Curve Chronicles segment, your reaction to that, or um if you have any responses to Nikita's word or my uh, mental moment. Use the hashtag QueerWalk uh, to tag all things and to talk all things the podcast. Or you can use the hashtag QueerWalkPod, P-O-D, because I know some folks are using that. Send us an email. Submit your Curved Chronicles to us at QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. We trying to do an all curves all the time episode for Pride Month. So, yes, so send us your Curved yes, Chronicles. Go ahead and do that. And, you know, we are in the month of the anniversary of Stonewall 50th. We're trying to come down to the city for Pride. You know, I think it's a a big deal year to be at Pride in the city. In the city, exactly. Um, So, you know, if you see us out there, say hello. Um, (laughs) Maybe offer a couch we can sleep on. Okay. (laughs) Times are now. And you know what? We wouldn't have to sleep on couches if you all would become monthly sustainers. (laughs) Of this new program. Yeah. Yes. Nikita. Yes? Are you ready? For what? For the Queer Walk of the Week segment. The segment where we highlight a Queer Walk or a Queer Pock who is doing some amazing shit. All right. So the Queer Walk of the Week for this week is Indian Sprint star, Duty Chand. Okay, so I said Sprint star, she's a runner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just had to make sure. I'm like, <laughs> does, she, does she own Sprint Network? Oh, and my God, like, no. Uh, yeah. Cell phone A runner, a runner, okay. a fool. <laughs> so I found this article uh, about a month ago, and so she's a silver medalist um, in the Asian Games, and so she revealed... Uh, that she's been in a same-sex relationship with a girl in her hometown, in Odisha. And so this is, like, you know, really big news. 
And so she says, you know, I have found someone who is my soulmate. And I believe everyone should have the freedom to be with whoever they decide they want to be with. Um, I have always supported the rights of those who want to be in same-sex uh, relationships. It is an individual person's choice. And so I thought that, um, of course, so this is amazing. This mm-hmm, is wonderful. Mm-hmm. She's so young. Yeah. 23. So, 23. That feels like a baby. Yeah. In September of last year, uh, the Supreme Court of, of India had finally decriminalized the 125-year-old British-era law regarding same-sex relationships between consenting adults. Um, But that doesn't mean that India recognizes LGBT marriages, but, again, the decriminalization is important. Mm -hmm. And and I'm going to post this article in the the show notes, but I thought it's also important because there's so much talk around people of color, folks in the global south, just being, like, innately, like, homophobic or just, like, more prone to that. And it's like, this is, these, like, the criminalization of homosexuality and attacks on Mm -hmm. queerness, a lot of times it is, like, a vestige of colonialism. It is, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so that feels like really important. Yeah. The buggery laws in the Caribbean. Exactly. Like all these like uh, British era laws and like these places that, uh, you know, Europe conquered and enslaved and exactly, all that stuff. Exactly, exactly. Like all those laws were in, like imposed and came from that. Yeah. And uh, just the last thing is that I thought that this was really um, also interesting and timely because uh, a lot of us saw a lot of the stuff that was happening around uh, the South African runner, uh, Caster, Caster mm-hmm. Simania. And and so, uh, Duty actually went through a similar um, case, unfortunately. And so, in 2015, uh, she was the first person to win a, a case against the International Association of Athletics Federation for its rules around what, you know, what they call hyperandrogenism. And so, and, you know, this is the rule that says that athletes with higher testosterone levels like they have to either like mitigate that, like they have to like do some kind of injections to like lower their testosterone, um, you know, before they compete. And so she actually won a case um, against that. And so it's like, so I feel like in that sense, it's queer, like not because like she's in a, um, you know, obviously in a, like a same sex relationship, but like these attacks on her around um, like her body, right? Right. They're like they're like yes. we know that those attacks um, against her or and Caster, they're not just. Um, you know, they're not just like queer phobic, transphobic, whether they're trans or not, but they're also like deeply racist. And yeah. I feel like, you know, we could, we've definitely seen that with Caster. We can also see it like here. Um, but so she won, she won, um, her case. Um, so, in 2015. so I think duty and Caster need to have a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> like, Cause I had never, I saw that like she was, mm-hmm. um, like she, from you know, she quote unquote um, came out and said that she had this relationship, but I'd never mm-hmm. heard about her and her, her case. case. Yeah. And so, so they need, you know, I've just I've they that so that they really make important. it so they try to make her lower her testosterone levels too. I think so, the, and they only do that with uh, athletes who are assigned female at birth. Because, as far as I know, like yeah, what the fuck? I think I got it backwards. So, and I think in Caster's case, they were trying to make her um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like lower the testosterone, but in Chance' case, they were um, there was a rule that said that like you you couldn't even um, compete. So athletes with high levels of testosterone were prohibited um, from competing in track and field events. It's saying athletes, but what it really means is like people that we deem women who, who have, have high. high levels. That's exactly, and yeah, we only right. testing the black and brown ones. That's exactly because we're racist. Right. Right. Okay. Got you. So. Got you. <laughs> um, just shout out and love to uh, Duty Chan and her and her bae and her oh, yeah her hometown bae you right? know <laughs> got my girl back at the house. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're so ridiculous. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Little baby. Do tea. (laughs) All right. We're going to move it on along to community contributors. No, I didn't (laughs) know. You, you can't sneak that you, shit in Yes, here. yes, it's here. <laughs> no, nobody, I didn't agree to that. <laughs> you aren't here. So my So you just make executive only... decisions? Yep. How democratic. <laughs> did, did you want to go back to the I like it like I that? I thought that's what we were doing. <sighs> All right. And a one. And it's... <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't even want it. Up, <laughs> oh, we need them dollars. I said I like it like that. Become a patron tomorrow. I said I like it like that. Get a shout out on Queer Walk. I said I like it like that. Community, yeah, it been hot. I said I like it like that. You know, I didn't want to do it because you uh, shitted on my singing before we started recording, but whatever. Because you were singing whack-ass Day 26. First of all, Day 26 is never whack. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean to offend your Day 26 sensibilities. To any of the Day 26 members who may be listening. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nikita did not mean that. You made amazing music. <laughs> they were all right. Bad Boy did y'all wrong. Yeah. that I do agree with that from a labor perspective. They made two solid albums. Much okay? of this is so unimportant. Anyway. <laughs> well, I think that I include Day 26 in my community contributor segment because I have been listening to them for like nonstop after Pot and Live for some reason. Yeah, I, I don't. It was like the whole the whole week and a half after Pot and Live. I was yeah. just. <sighs> this, I just this is just so bizarre. Let's move on, please. <laughs> what was that song? Martinique. <laughs> move on. All of a sudden, my vision became so clear. Everything I needed was right before me. Um. All right. <laughs> all right. So, you want to start with the community contributors, or do you want me to start? I'll start. So, oh my God. I just don't even know where to begin. So, shout out to Brooklyn Boyhood for that bomb-ass amazing party, the joy party that mm-hmm. we went to mm-hmm. down in New York City. And it, y- y'all know I'm old, so it was a day party, so it was perfect. <laughs> yeah, it was three to nine. It was three to so nine. Nikita, Nikita was still awake. Right. It was It was just so wonderful. And like as soon as we walked in, before we walked in, there uh, the person taking tickets out the door was like, "We operate on a heavy consent policy." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, "Damn, that's so smart!" Like they get you right as you get in yeah, the door. Yeah, it's like a vibe check. And then there was like a sign on the wall. It was it it said consent is sexy, and sexy was scratched out. And it's like, no, consent is mandatory. Yeah. And so like that was just, I mean, just walking into a space where like that was like that, that foundation, that groundwork, mm-hmm. you know, was already laid was amazing. And then, oh my God, I do not remember the name of that DJ, but the DJ was amazing. We were about to leave and they played oh, the yeah. Pony instrumental. What's the, what is, what's Pony? Genuine. Yeah, okay. Just, right, so the song. Some folks might not know. Oh my god! If you, I knew just in case y'all are listening. About to, say, about to you know, drag people me. People be like, of course I know that. That's right, in that's, my that's, realm. That's right, right, right. But it was the Genuine's Pony instrumental with Cardi's uh, Bodak, Bodak Yellow. Bodak Yellow. And, you, and I was it, like, yeah. I didn't even know I needed this. I I didn't know I needed it, but I want it all the time. Yeah, now. yeah. But it was just amazing. It was just so wonderful to see so many just like amazing fine ass. Can Black we say fine, fine, fine ass? It was just, yeah. and it's like I don't know. I don't. We don't really. I mean, the queer scene in Syracuse is. Um, it's basically, um, it's like two, 
I mean, like, the nightlife is, like, two mm. steps below a total cataclysmic disaster, <laughs> so we don't go out. Mm-hmm. And, but it's, like, normal. it's always, like, very, not only is it always, like, very white, but it's always, like, it feels always very dude-heavy. Yeah. So it was just was so nice to be um, in, in a, a space, space yeah. that it was, like, overwhelmingly just seemed very, like, uh, queer women, femme, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. just, like, you know, black and brown. And it mm-hmm, was just, mm-hmm. it was just so amazing. So shout out to Brooklyn Boyhood for... Um, you know, just always cultivating and creating that space. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it has a lot to do with their energy, too. Yeah. Like, Ryan and Naffy Nina. Yeah. Like, they just have good vibes. Yeah. And so, it permeates through, like, the type of folks that show up. Yeah. And so, yes, I had an amazing time. It was hey, dope. Ryan. <laughs> hey, boy. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> This is not Curve Chronicles. You out here uh, shooting shots in the community contributor segment. Uh, but yes, Joy Party twas lit. Oh, and we also at the Joy Party as, as we, we were, were leaving because you know we had to drive back to San. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most fucked up thing. Yeah. It's like oh. You got to drive four and a half hours to like party with your people yeah. and then leave the function yeah. early because you yeah. got to drive back. Because I had to work. Oh, I had to catch a flight. That's right. Oh, uh, bitch. So, yes. I had a flight to catch. I had a flight to catch. I'll um, talk more about that later. <laughs> <laughs> Give y'all my little professor voice. Uh, we met uh, Naisha and Samantha Davis hyphen Williams of Two Mommies. I had to do that because you know. They're so cute. They are. Um, they are adorable. Of Two Mommies and a Baby. Uh, we met them as we were leaving out. They were and coming so, in. They were in yeah, line as we were heading out. Yeah. Because it was still that lit. Yeah. Like as we were leaving people were still in line coming in. And we took a very cute picture yeah. if I must say so myself. <laughs> but yeah. So shout out to y'all and thanks for showing love. Yeah. Um, and I hope Y'all felt the love that we showed back. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, um, I, I'm not trying to do no shots fired thing, but, you know, people be, you, when especially I feel like when we go down in the city, it's mm-hmm. like, you can, sometimes you can tell when somebody recognizes yeah. you, but, you know, people and they don't just, speak. People be too bougie to speak. Yeah. And so I just really appreciated that they were like, oh, yeah. hey, and, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, we're all human and right. we're all a part of like the same or And we all do the same, exactly. Yeah. yeah. We all, we in the same communities, we work with the same folks. We all, we all share like these same kind of things. So like, why not yeah. speak? Exactly. Why? Yeah. You, you don't lose nothing. All right. So you, y'all know we love shouting out different cities who, um, you know, where folks are listening. And we love to shout out places like that we normally don't see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we want to give sh- a shout out to Newport News, Virginia. Yes. Who entered our top 10 cities. I don't know what's going on in Newport News, but we're glad that it's happening. And we're mm-hmm. glad that y'all are listening. And fucking Salt Lake City, Utah. I, I know that Salt Lake City is a big city. Yeah. Right? I just think of but Mormons. Because I was about to say, you remember I was obsessed with escaping polygamy for a while. I don't think that anybody affiliated with that show is listening. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. There might be some uh, queer folks of color trapped in the Mormon camp. I really really hope not. Um, But, But, Mormon or not, we're happy that you're listening in Salt Lake City. I remember... Um, there was a review. We got a review from uh, a cishet black man. He's like, we out here. Oh, in Salt Lake? Yeah, so okay. maybe it was him and his homies. Maybe. They started know. like a listening group. I don't know. You maybe know how people have like somebody at work? reading clubs, like book clubs? I wonder if people have podcast clubs. They should start. Yes, yeah, start with Queer Walk. 
the audio syllabus. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag classes in session. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to shout out the four new patrons. Four? We yes. Yes. Since last episode, too. So, you know. <laughs> I mean, not to brag on my solo episode, Nikita, but. You know what? Your was... solo episode ain't never pulled four Be- patrons. Plot twister ain't <laughs> one, bitch. You be trying it. You be trying it, buddy. I do want to say, I was teasing you earlier, but it was such a good episode. I like, I like, just absolutely loved it. It was so good. Thank even, you. even the title, I was like, ooh, this shit finna be good. <laughs> and I just, it was so good. And it just, uh, it reminded me when I, you know, listened before. Mm. I was um, a co-host. And it just, it takes a very uh, particular special kind of person to be able to do a show, like, by themselves. And it was just, it was so good. And, like, you're so funny. You're so witty. And the, I just loved um, the poetry because it's, like, I feel like I have, like, a kind of a fraught relationship with poetry. And it's, like, kind of. Moving on. I'm trying to give you some compliments here. Oh, <laughs> it don't sound like it. Say what you said yesterday because I just want to feel special again. Oh, whatever. I was thinking... <laughs> That um, I feel like I'm such a hardcore uh, materialist, yes. right? And that kind of, you know, that particular way of like understanding the world. And as like, there's other, I'm so happy that um, you, I'll say the other two in a minute, but I feel like you are just one of the primary people that really helped me to like think of, not just think about, but really like deeply appreciate other ways of knowing, hashtag epistemology. <laughs> it's just, I feel like you're just, um, it's always, it seems like it's always black queer people that are always making me um, like rethink that. So like, and you like, we're talking about that um, um, in the um, poetry segment. Po- in the poetry yeah. segment. I really appreciated that. And so it's you, Alexis Pauline Gums, and um, this other amazing, um, smart researcher, Ashan Crawley. Just, that's, you three people are just really like, have been like my cornerstones um, for rethinking that. It was just, it was such a good episode. Thank you. And I really loved it. Thank you. And yes, there are other ways of knowing. Yeah. Like I said, Audre Lorde said, the white father tells us, I think, therefore I am. The black mother says, I feel, therefore I am free. That yeah. So you know when you said other that, ways of knowing. I was cleaning and I, I had to run I had to run that shit back. Because I was like, I gotta hear that one more again. <laughs> Say it again. Um so yes, uh new patrons since last episode, gonna shout out Mel to the Mo love, to the E to, e to the, the. <laughs> You know I used to think I was Moesha. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that, that another time. Surprise uh, it doesn't, right? It does not like me. obvious, so obvious. Uh Emma, Caitlin, and Stephanie. Thank you thank all y'all. for um Please. becoming new patrons and sustaining this here program. So we could uh, you know, keep the lights on and yeah. the sound keep the mics on afro- afloat, afloat. Yeah. SoundCloud page afloat. There we go. That's <laughs> enunciate. <laughs> All right. And we also want to shout out Dune for their wonderful and generous donation on Cash App. Yes. Thanks, Dune. And we got a new review. Well, actually, we got a lot of new ratings because we're like up to 221 yeah. ratings. So thank y'all for coming through with the stars on the Apple platforms. But we got a new review as well from The Mean Black Girl. And it's titled Black Mental Health and Progress Matters. Five stars. I love this podcast. I love the camaraderie between Money and Nikita. 
I love the love and respect they have for each other. I love the respect they have for their listeners and fellow members of the Batty Brigade TM. Shout out to the Batty Brigade. Um, <laughs> the Bag Ladies, T with Queen and Jay, Marsha's, Marsha's Play, and the Inner Ho Uprising. Um, I appreciate this show so much because I didn't know how much I wanted and needed two bold, live out loud black lesbian women as possibility role models for me. Showing me how to stand and walk and live in my truth. Money's mental moments really highlight her deeper understanding of how tough it is for women who look like her in the current political and social climate. If you can get you a therapist that looks like you, it matters. Nikita's word always, 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 all caps, teaches me something. It challenges me. It helps me grow in my understanding of how much work really needs to be done regarding black and queer liberation and true freedom. I cannot thank you both enough. I love this show, and I'm so glad y'all do what y'all do. Thank you. And I'm guessing those are emojis I can't see because I don't have an Apple product. (laughs) What's in the boxes? Wow. Um, well, thank you so much, The Mean Black Girl. Even though that was one of the sweetest reviews we've ever got, so you might want to reconsider that username because there's nothing that mean was, about yeah. that. Um, thank you so much. That was super sweet. Yeah. Oh, and, and I didn't know where else to put this in, the com- so I've decided that it belongs in the community contributors. So uh, there is a Instagram page called uh, Three Token Brown Girls. They had a post the other day. That said, the A in quilt bang does not stand for ally. Like, allies, what, this what is, is not quilt your... quilt bang? Exactly! So I got mad excited because I was like, what the hell is quilt bang? So what I love about the three token brown girls is like, you know, it's brown and it's queer, but they also do a lot of education in the comments. And so, oh, okay. like, if I don't know about something that's happening that's... Like, maybe, like, brown, you know, like, maybe something's happening, like, the Latinx community or, like, um, South Asian communities that I don't know about. I learned a lot from their Instagram. And a lot of queer shit that I don't know, maybe because I'm too young or too old. Okay. And so, they do a lot of that there. And I just know that that Instagram page has to take a lot of labor. So, shout out to the Three Token Brown Girls. But Quilt Bang is another acronym for LGBTQ that is more inclusive. Quilt, bang, 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 bang. Quilt, <laughs> <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs> oh, my so, God. So, the Q stands for queer. Uh-huh. Um, U is undecided or, okay. like, um, you know, un, unlabeled. Unclear. Unclear, right. yeah. I is intersex. L is lesbian. T is trans. B is bisexual. A is ace. ace. Um, N is non-binary. And G is gay. Wow. Quilt, bang. Quilt, gang, bang. Gang, gang, gang. <laughs> Bang! <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Isn't that fun? It just gets me so hyped. That I feel like yo during Pride Month, I found a new acronym. I'm oh, just gonna be shit. walking through the streets. Quilt bang! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I love it because can you imagine how scared somebody would be? <laughs> wow. Yeah, so shout out to all the quilt bang out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> that's, that's it, right? We're going to be at, at Pride, and that's the new call. Quilt bang. <laughs> <laughs> it's too 
much. It's, we're just going to change the whole vibe. It of really pride. would. You it know, really we, would. it's going to take it back to its militant roots, right. its anti-police roots. Right, you know? exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. That's, wow. That's great. And most importantly, it's inclusive. I don't want to lose It's that. inclusive. Right. It's, yeah. What one of the comments said is like, it doesn't reduce everybody who doesn't fall into LGBT to a plus sign. A side. plus sign, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel so... I feel so hype right now. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to move on to my personal favorite segment of this show. I know people were a little upset because I hadn't had a jingle. You know, it's Pride Month, and I, c- I couldn't let you all down. <clears throat> not, not clear in the throat, though. All right. She knows Rock's properties like amethyst and such. With her healing touch, she'll help pick your spirits up. When you're going through hell, she'll help make you well. And we know money won't fail. Was the moment that I had a panic attack, she helped me heal that. Got my spirits back up, money, repeat that. Trying to use these tips because I need that. To heal myself, where's the moment at? Had a panic attack, she helped me heal that. Got my spirits back up, money, repeat that. Trying to use these tips, cause I need that. To heal myself, you don't know the song, do you? Skeeter is what I want. <laughs> Skeeter is what oh, I wow. need. Yeah. Is that cause where, Skeeter? Where my girls at? 702. Oh. Oh. <laughs> wow, you really just humiliated yourself. <laughs> It is, but there is a real song before that. Oh. You don't know 702, Where My Girl's At? Yeah, okay. Why even do a jingle? I know, it was why, great. Why Thank you. I, I love that jingle. No, you don't. And it's so relevant to this mental moment. All right. So before I get started with this mental moment with money, I just want to shout out um, a directory that uh, is doing amazing things for our communities. So, I said I had to catch a flight (laughs) after the joy party. (laughs) (laughs) I went uh, to the National Conference on Race and Ethnicity in Higher Education in Portland, Oregon. No plug for Portland, but um, that was awful. Um, If I never have to go back to the West Coast, I will be just fine. Um, Not the Pacific Northwest, the the whole West Coast? Throw it away. Every time I'm out there, I'm like... Get me back to the East Coast. <laughs> what is this place? Do you, and I, I just With heard their time change and I just heard <laughs> the fuck do the West Coast of, think they are. I just heard a flood of people march away. From you're in this West. country. You're gonna be on this time, okay? <laughs> oh my god! Are <laughs> <laughs> a closet Republican? Are you a closet conservative? I feel like if I'm on a plane for seven hours, I should be in another country. I do agree with that. Why am I still dealing with the same racism? <laughs> <laughs> and I've not been on a plane for seven hours. Okay. This is anti-black. But <laughs> anyway, at this presentation, um, well, the reason why I went to Encore is because uh, folks have been requesting for there to be a cutie pop or quilt bang uh, <laughs> a healing space. For years at this conference, because it's a conference on race and ethnicity, but obviously we know where there are people of color, there are queer people of color. And so I was finally brought in to do that, thanks to um, my queer siblings, uh, Romeo, Michael, and Vanessa, for like, I guess, like recommending me. 
And so I did this healing space and it was incredible. First of all, I thought like 25 people would show up. It was and like packed? 73 people showed up. God so damn. Uh, and also I just got, I just felt just so affirmed in that space of like, yo, you got to do this shit because you're good. Yeah. You're good, bitch. And it's, <laughs> you know, it's one thing when like white people tell you you're good, but it's a whole nother thing when, when your like people, your people, people yeah. you do it for. Yes. Yes. And so I just felt so amazing after that. And I let everybody know about this organization um, or directory. It's called the National Queer and Trans Therapists of Color Network. NQTTCN.com. Of course, I'll have the link in the description. But I let everybody know about it. And I was like, you know, I haven't been able to like add myself to the directory because, you know, it costs it costs money to be uh, added to the directory. Yeah, I just ain't have it. I was working on my limited permit. I was, you know, I'm still living on a graduate student stipend. um, So I didn't have it. And everybody was like, what's your cash app? We got to get you on that directory. Oh, my God. And so I just thank, like, everybody who, like, contributed and who supported me and made me feel special. And thank y'all so much. Because, you know, I just be out here trying to do this healing shit. So are you on the directory and now? I Well, I'm going to be added to it. I just got the confirmation email Monday. Oh, right? So, yes. Ah, ah, I will be ah, listed. Ah. Yeah. And as far as I see, I think there's me and one other person in New York State that's outside of... Um, Bitch. Oh, you are... I'm already on there. I just... Nikita just pulled ma- it up. I just pulled up the map and I just clicked what I thought was our region. The first person that sh- popped up. That's me. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Look at that license number, bitch! Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I'm super hyped. Um, I'm about to screenshot this and put it on the Queer Walk story because, like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm about to cry. This is amazing. This just means so fucking much. Like, y'all, I've been working so hard. <laughs> I've been working so hard. Just because when I was, like, 21 years old, I had this thought that, like, I really wanted to be a part of, like, helping people feel okay on a daily basis. And then I had, like, this healing space where, like, double the amount of people that I thought was going to show up showed up. And they told me, 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 bitch, <laughs> that, like, I did stuff that made them actually feel good in the moment. I, I just, ugh, I want to shout out Ash. Ooh, they probably don't even listen to this because they, they just met me at this conference. But I want to shout out Ash, who was just, like, a ball of light to me in the conference telling me how, like, necessary I, I am. I want to shout out Ramel, who um, they told me that I'm the first black therapist they've ever met. And just, like, everybody, everybody who helped me get on this um, directory, um, who sent me, like, kind messages, who recommended my black ass to do the uh, healing space, and, like, now I'm on there. Like, every year I don't graduate (laughs) with this uh, damn degree, I'm always, like, having to remind myself, like, it's gonna be slower because I'm doing more shit, you know? It's like, I, I have a lot more stuff, and it's okay that I'm not doctor yet. Because, like, my community certified me. Right, and that's right, all, right, that's, right. That's all I need right now. But as Gwen um, would say, you're going to get that PhD, though. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Gwen. <laughs> Gwen would choke me up. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah. That is so amazing. I'm just so proud of you. I'm, yeah. like, perpetually in awe, in admiration, and always proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> so... Like I said, it's the National Queer and Trans Therapists of Color Network. Go check it out if you're looking for um, folks in your area. I will say, sadly, it's kind of thin in the middle of the country. Yeah. And so maybe this is also like a plug or a shout out to queer and trans therapists of color to add yourself to the directory. Our people need us. Yeah. All right. 
So this mental moment, Nikita, you know, it was funny in your little jingle talking about I know about the rocks because I'm going to suggest four crystals for Pride Month. Okay. I think everybody should have. And I tried to make an acronym. It sounds dirty. What is it? Rub. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how, how appropriate. Rub. You have to roll the R. You know, yes, yes. Because <laughs> it's two R's. Sounds kind of like a purr. And you know, it's pride. Ah. <laughs> Let's go, little kitty cat. <laughs> um. <laughs> he didn't want you. <laughs> I mean, he may not, but she will. <laughs> okay, we got to get off Beyonce. Um, shut up, Nikita. All right, so I'm going to tell y'all about four crystals that I think you should have th- during this 50th anniversary Stonewall Uprisings Pride Month. Rub. R-R-U-B. The first crystal is a rainbow aura quartz. Um, so Nikita's not into crystals, so I have the four Why of them right here. Why do you have here. to say that? This materialist-ass bitch is not into crystals. What? So, Why are uh, you saying this? So this- I just want to have her describe what she sees from an outsider's perspective. <laughs> an outsider's perspective. <laughs> a person who doesn't believe in the healing powers of crystals. The healing and protective properties. <laughs> As if our people didn't use everything at their disposal <laughs> to, to heal and guide themselves why, through why life. Why are you doing this to me? Well, this is lovely. Is this a ring? It is a ring. Can mm-hmm. I have it? No. Why? I need the healing properties. You don't even... Look believe- how cute that is on me, money. It's really not. It looks kind of hideous on your shubby little finger. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, can you describe what... A rainbow aura quartz looks like. Yeah, but maybe I have to get some grease to get it off my <laughs> chubby little finger, you monster. <laughs> well, it is. How would I describe this? It feels very coarse, and it's also. It feels like it looks like a like a holographic sort of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's got a holographic look to it, and so I guess that's where the rainbow comes in. It's not like the you know like a bright, bright, bright rainbow, but it's like a iridescent. Ir- See, that's what that's why you working on the PhD. <laughs> it is iridescent. Yes. Um, and so I want to tell y'all about rainbow aura quartz because I didn't actually know about aura quartz until I got some and I was like big mad because I thought that they were hashtag fake. Um, but the <laughs> uh aura quartz is a is a regular quartz crystal that has been like permanently bonded or treated with um titanium. And so what that does is it, like, changes its color. It changes its properties. And I was actually talking to this uh, person that I get a lot of my crystals from. And she was telling me that if a crystal survives the process of being treated to become an aura quartz, it's, like, super powered. Because that treatment, it, like, crystals are, at the end of the day, are, like, just, just, like, soft, gentle rocks. And so if it survives that process... It's like a strong ass crystal because a lot of them just turn to dust when you try to bond them. So aura quartz are like basically like super powered through this process, but they're just like clear quartz that are treated and that's what gives them their different colors. So a rainbow aura quartz, after it goes through that process of being treated, it has these rainbow colors. It looks iridescent. Some of them look a lot more rainbowy than others. You know, it just depends on how much um how much the treatment impacted it. So, 
the reason why I picked the rainbow aura quartz as the first crystal is one because it's rainbow colored. So hey, <laughs> mine is actually a little more like pink and blue. So yes, so one <laughs> is rainbow colored. Any kind of aura quartz is excellent uh, for having bodily experiences. What does that mean? It's like you're like putting you in your body, but also like making your energy felt before you are seen. Mm. It's like your aura, you okay. know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A body it's like an energy massage. <laughs> yes. Which doesn't that sound good for pride? Because everybody essentially is going to be rocking the same stuff. So it's like, how do you make yourself stand out in a sea of rainbow? And so anything that helps like uh, amplify your aura would be great for that. And it's also, um, just a little tidbit, it's ex- actually really good for astral journeying and being outside of your body as well. Astral journeying? Yeah. It's like if you want to practice like astral projection or that? like having outer body experiences. Oh. Yeah. So that's the rainbow aura quartz. So now I'm going to move on to the second R, which is Rhodonite. <laughs> Had to roll the R, you know. Rhodonite. So um, for those folks out there who are big fans of Steven Universe, you probably already know or have a sense of what Rhodonite looks like. Uh, oh, you want to see it? Yeah, I'm supposed to be on my Vanna Black right now. <laughs> oh, this is so smooth. Okay, so my Rhodonite that I have here is a Worry Stone. So um, it's smooth. And it has like a little divot in it so you can rub it with your thumb. With your thumb. All right. So this is like, I feel like the background is pink and then it's got like this, it kind of looks like... Branches. I was right? going to say, it looks like trees. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got, they look like vines and branches. Mm-hmm. That's like black. Yeah. Yeah, so um, Rhodonite is a pink stone, but it has like braciated, like black, greenish uh, branches all through it. Oh, you like the Rhodonite? Huh? I did. I, yeah. That was nice. Is it because it's smooth yeah. or? Mm-hmm. So you like worry stones? You know, I'm a, a high anxiety person. Mm-hmm. So, of course. Oh, I'm going to get you a worry stone then. I feel like I already have given you a worry stone. You have maybe. Not. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, so Rhodonite. So, any pink stone is always going to have to do with, like, the heart chakra. Um, if y'all are into chakras, like, I think I've said this on other episodes, the chakras aren't my thing, but I know a lot of people are into them. They just don't resonate with me, you know? But the reason why I picked Rhodonite as a, a pride stone is because... <laughs> It is the D-curve stone, okay? It is, if you've been curved, get you some rhodonite. It is uh, the stone of unconditional love. It helps heal broken hearts. Um, It alleviates past hurt, like past emotional hurt. So anything that might still be on your heart from like Mm. a past situation. And it helps to improve your sense of self-worth, like how you think about yourself and like what you deserve. Okay. So, like I said, you can tell why this would be useful for pride. You might be out there um, catching vibes and shooting shots. And you might get curved several times before, you know, something good happens. Right. So, Or you might have to curve a lot at pride. Oh, that, yeah. Which is <laughs> my perpetual problem. <laughs> 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 um, so, yes. So, get you some rhodonite. This one is really cute. I didn't realize how cute this it one was. It is very cute. Where do broken hearts go? To the crystal shop to get some rhodonite. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So. so, You know that song? No. (laughs) Keeping on the same wave of heart stones, I'm going to move us on along into unikite. Unikite. 
Okay. So Nikita is going to help us as the outsider here. What's Stop this? calling me an outsider. <laughs> you keep othering me. It's smooth again. This is very this is, smooth. So I actually have rough unikite that I keep for my crystal grids that I do. Um, but my smooth unikite, my tumbles is what I like carry around with me or I'll put in my necklaces, my cages and stuff. This reminds me of the, this is similar to the rhodonite. It's got like that mm-hmm. pink, brown, reddish background. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's got this green, it kind of looks like moss, actually. Mm-hmm. It, gives mm-hmm. me, it gives me that sense. Yeah, exactly how I would describe it. It's like a pink stone, but it has like this greenish uh, thing that looks like moss uh, covering it. it mix mixed all in there. And so Unikite is really good for balancing your emotions. So if you are a person who feels like really intensely like me, um, Unikite is really good for like being like, chill out, bitch. And it increases your will to fight. So like it's a justice stone. It's like a um, protest stone, which I picked this for pride because, you know, we have to remember like that's why we celebrate pride. Uh, it of course it is about <laughs> shooting shots, finding base, celebrating love, <laughs> celebrating our identities and communities. But it's also about the resistance to like policing of our yeah, bodies, yeah, yeah. of our identities, uplifting those who came before us, who made it possible for us to live and love out loud. A yeah, a nuck if you buckstone, if you will. the unikite <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nuck if you unikite. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> yes, I come in and a pride. She come <laughs> Shut up, Nikita. And so, again, if though if y'all are into, like, uh, chakras, Unikite is really good for the solar plexus. What is that? Oh, no, I'm not into... Uh, oh, okay. To, uh, what do you call those things? See, I don't even know. I don't know. I've never Heart, heard of Chakras. It. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think solar plexus is your gut chakra. That sounds okay. Yeah. I like, wouldn't know. Yeah. All right. Maybe we'll have, like, a chakra queer on one one time that would be fun understand that yeah i know um i was listening to this episode of therapy for black girls and there was a therapist on there who talked about how she used chakra work in her like therapy work and so that was dope as fuck and so maybe there's a queer out there who knows a lot about chakras there's gotta be of course of course of course (laughs) that's so us okay and so in this rub acronym so we went to through rainbow aura courts rhodonite unikite Last but not least, y'all know I had to do it. As I am currently the embodiment of Bismuth. Isn't that a character on that show? Yes. <laughs> y'all, y'all don't know how happy I was when my little client told me I look like Bismuth. And she was like, you are my Bismuth. Because you, like, give me all the tools that I need to, like, fight. And I'm not going to cry again, but that shit oh, moved me. You know, of babies. Exactly. Outside of the Steven Universe realm, bismuth is another rainbow crystal. So, Nikita, Ooh. you want to... Yes. I like this one. Mm-hmm. So, this is this is rougher yeah. than, the, than the rest of them. And it's like, it's kind of got like, it reminds me of like steps. Mm-hmm. It's very geometric. Yeah, it's very, yeah, that's it. It's very geometric. Mm-hmm. And the color is kind of Why like, do you keep poking it? Because it's just... I'm doing like a hand motion to like symbolize somebody moving up steps. It, it, has, it looks it's like very, steps, yeah. yeah. Looks, and the color is kind of like a greenish, bluish kind of thing going on. Like a turquoise maybe. I don't know. My, okay. I think it's real rainbow, ain't it? It looks very... It looks, like like an actual rainbow. Like it looks if you, very... Like after a storm. It looks like it's on the cooler end of the color spectrum to me. Like the greens and the blues. 
Okay, anyway, so bismuth has, has this, uh, like, rainbowy sheen to Allegedly. it. Allegedly. And I, so I also want to talk a little bit about bismuth. So bismuth is not, like, a, I guess you would call a naturally occurring crystal, like the others. Um, so similar to the aura quartz, it's sort of, like, made, right? Um, and so I don't know quite the process of how bismuth is made, but... You can't, like, go digging and find bismuth. Oh, okay. Like, it's it's made, just like the aura quartz. Um, and I think that kind of speaks to, like, their coloring. Because, see, they're kind of similar oh, okay. in color. It's just, you know, the rainbow. And so, outside of the color of it being rainbow and gay as fuck, um, I also picked it because bismuth can help you from becoming, like, overwhelmed by everything you have to do. And I don't know about y'all, but I was, like, looking at my weekends and just... Already June feels like it's over because there's so much shit to do when it comes yeah. to pride. So I, I was like, oh, this is great because bismuth helps with feeling over, um, like overwhelmed by all the things you have to do. And it increases your energy to deal with having to do a lot of things. Oh. So, yeah, you know, um, bismuth relieves feelings of loneliness and isolation, which I hope we all get to um, feel relief from loneliness and isolation Absolutely. during this pride month. And it's a stone uh, for, like, major transformations and change in your life because it helps you adapt to change and, like, keeps you calm in those moments. Yeah, so it's also uh, suggested um, for work with, like, groups or relationship dynamics. And when I think about pride, I think there's a lot of relationships on a lot of levels happening. Yeah. Um, And just, like, anything that eases with that process is helpful. So that's bismuth, and that's why I suggested it. So. So, if you want to, you know, pack your little um, satchel with your crystals for pride, that's <laughs> Rainbow Aura Quartz, Rhodonite, Unikite, and Bismuth. Rub. 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 <laughs> <laughs> ding, 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 ding. And now, our bi-weekly word from our womanist worker, wordsmith wizard, Nikita. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you... You were cheap. You were cheap with the yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That, that was a good one. It wasn't... It sound lewd. Yeah, okay. that's why I liked it. <laughs> yeah, doing that jingle where it's supposed to go. Not before a mental moment. You just... I do the jingles I want. <laughs> oh, yeah. Really showing me. <laughs> <laughs> all right nikita i'm so excited about this word oh are you yes tell it's, us okay so crispine hernandez worker center of central new york and the worker justice center versus new york state so it's, yes! a, it's, a, it's a lawsuit mm-hmm. and i feel like i talked about this on um an episode i might have talked about it when we talked about the broken bargain no, Familias Unidas por la Justicia, which is a farm worker union in uh, Washington. I think it was like last Pride Month, was it not? Maybe. It might have been. Oh, it was, no, it was Thanksgiving. Oh. I got beans, greens, greens yes. I got beans, gays, potatoes, potatoes tomatoes. Yes. That was so, a good episode. So episode 28. Y'all should go check that out. I got beans, gays, potatoes, tomatoes. Yeah, episode 28. So I talked about Familias Unidas por la Justicia 
And I'm sure I talked about like the Worker Center and uh, Chris Bean um, then. So there's an update on this lawsuit. So just um, to give some backstory, uh, for folks, I've talked about it a lot, but for folks who may not know, um, because of like racism and because of like the political economy of the South in the 1930s when there was this wave of progressive legislation that came about because, not because of the goodness and the kindness of like the ruling elite, but because in the 1930s and the Great Depression, workers um, and other exploited and oppressed people, um, you know, like stood up and um, fought for rights. And so a lot of the, like the New Deal era uh, progressive legislation, um, like social security and all that stuff came about in that time because of, you know, that um, outburst of organizing and protests. But unfortunately, um, farm workers and domestic workers are excluded from a lot of um, important uh, worker protections. And so farm workers have been excluded from the protected right to organize, Mm -hmm. uh, meaning like, you know, the right to like form unions and fight like as a collective, like in the workplace, um, excluded from overtime and farm workers work Every usually a lot of times they work every, every day, day twelve yeah. hours a day. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the right to a day off. A day off. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. So excluded from the protected right to organize overtime and the right to a day off. The exclusion happened because not just because like we know who was doing that work at the time, but in order to get like a consensus or a compromise from the South. And again, think about what the what the labor force, what the industry was like in the South in the mm-hmm. 30s. So like mm-hmm. agriculture is going to be a big part of that. So in order to appease Get racist South Southern Democrats, yeah. they were like, okay, domestic workers, farm workers are excluded. So from the 30s on, farm workers have been excluded from these basic labor protections. Oh my gosh. And so um, I used to be on staff at uh, an amazing just oh my god just an amazing organization called the worker center of central new york right and so there was a lawsuit um that happened but i want to talk about before i get into i'm going to say a little bit about the lawsuit but i really want to talk about the work that happened in order to make this lawsuit so let's hear it okay so first and foremost these are my friends (laughs) you're so ridiculous So the Worker Center, uh, Crispin Hernandez, who's Crispin. on staff, but uh, used to be a member of the organization, and the Worker Justice Center sued New York State mm-hmm. because in this in the Constitution of New York State, there's no exceptions. There's no exemptions, mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. exclusions. It says all employees basically have the right to collective bargaining. Mm-hmm. And so the Worker Center filed the lawsuit, I think it was like two years ago now, mm-hmm. And they're like, this is what the Constitution says. The center also worked with uh, NICLU, so the New York Civil Liberties Union. And so they were like, look, it says in the Constitution, there's no exception, so farm workers shouldn't be excluded. Mm-hmm. And so that was in, I think that was two, 2015 that that lawsuit was filed. Mm-hmm. And so we have an update that, um, so it was, the lawsuit was filed, and then the farm worker, and not the farm worker, the Farm Bureau, which is the organization that represents farm owners, uh, the, of course, they were adamantly opposed to it because they don't want, they don't want, they're like any other employer. They want to have all the power and they want to mm-hmm, make it so mm-hmm. that this workforce, these group of workers don't have the same protections that mm-hmm. everybody else is entitled to be. Again, not even because, I mean, I'm sure that a lot of them are racist, but it's not even because they're bad people, but it's like, this is just the nature of capitalism. It's yeah. like employers want to have the, the leg up yep, on yep. workers, mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. it's all, of, it goes back to like profit and power, mm-hmm. Right. So the, the yeah, farm bureau, go ahead. I was just gonna say, yeah, it don't it don't benefit the owners of the um 
the farms if you get a day off. Like, or, or if yeah. you get paid overtime. Yeah. If you can have, you know, if you can organize a union, more say yeah. over the conditions mm-hmm. of your work. It's not in their interest, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's like an objective reality. So um, I was, it was the, so funny. It was the last fucking day that I was leaving this job that I was at. I was, so, I've never been more ready to come home. I get a text message from shout out to the homie. And uh, another longtime ally and somebody who's worked with uh, the Worker Center and now they're with the New York Immigration Coalition, Fabiola Ortiz Valdez. Or Fabi, Fabi as we, fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> I get a text message from her. So she's also very instrumental um, um, in this work. And so she says, she, sent me, she sends me this text message. She says, we won the lawsuit. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> we won. I was, and it's like, I mean, how often does mm-hmm. our side, I mean, this is a historic, it's historic fucking yeah. victory. Yeah. And so so the, winning the lawsuit means that it's, so the New York State, um, the, the the court ruled that it was unconstitutional for farm workers to be excluded yes. from the yes. protected right to organize. Yes. This exclusion has, it's like a 70, 80 year old yeah. exclusion. Since and the this, 1930s. And this Fucking small, scrappy ass Christine organization, <laughs> and like Christine is like one of the nicest. Oh my fuck! And it's like like humans on the planet. And Christine and I was just I'm gonna um I'm gonna get into the details in a minute, but just to set the scene about who the fuck Christine is. Set the is. scene. Three thousand degrees. All right. Anyway, <laughs> so when all of this, she wrote that milk and now the just So Christine. So when all of this started, he was he was just fucking nineteen. Was he nineteen? Yeah, a fucking baby. And so Crispin, he's such a private person. He's such a sweet person. So I'm not I'm not gonna talk too much about him, just because I know that I'm I'm gonna tell you the story that like he's told um like himself like a thousand times. But he's just the sweetest, most fucking dedicated person Mm -hmm, I have mm -hmm. ever met in my whole entire life. He's just like so committed and i mean we see it through um, yeah. the work that he's done and so um being just a member of the worker center somebody else who i have to shout out fucking rebecca fuentes oh, so much oh. so much of this shit yes would not have happened yeah. um uh, without uh, rebecca and there's um another um he's not listed on the lawsuit but somebody who uh, crispin was working with um was um Saul Pinto. And so um, he's not um he's not here in the States anymore, but he mm-hmm. also was like uh played a very key role um in this. And so the thing that I was thinking about, because when, when workers used to come to us, um like especially like low wage workers and they had an issue in the mm-hmm. workplace, the first thing that they would say is, I need a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Who, who, who I need to talk to about mm-hmm. a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And it's like because in US society that's the main way that yes. we think that we can solve things is yeah. either through elections or through a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we used to work on uh, is wage theft, meaning like um, an employer is not paying somebody all the wages that they're owed. Mm-hmm. And and Granted, for like a low wage worker, if you're not getting a check that's like five hundred dollars, that's, that's a, a lot. lot of fucking yeah, money. Yeah. But it's not like a lawyer is not about to be like five hundred dollars. Um, where where do I show up? Right, yeah. exactly. And so I was like, so what are some other ways, mm-hmm. you know, that we can actually get some justice in the workplace? Us, the people. So let me let me tell you this fucking story. So it is. 2011 my, my timeline uh, might be wrong but the, like the what happened is the most important thing so Crispin was working at this farm as a dairy farm mm-hmm. in uh, in upstate New York and it's called Mark's Farm again Crispin is just fucking 19 years mm-hmm, old mm-hmm. right 
And so um, I'm just going to read a little bit of the story to, so you can see like who um, like Crispine is. And so um, I'll post a link to this from the Worker Center page. Um, so he says, I worked for the, um, the dairy farm for more than three years. I was a teenager when I started. I was supporting a family of more than 10 people, including my parents, brothers, and other relatives. This was my first time in the region. I didn't know anyone, and I was very alone. The truth is, it was very difficult to be so far away from my loved yeah. ones, right? And so he says that I was working hard and intensely, working, like we said, shifts of 12 hours, six days a week, from six in the evening to six in the morning or from six in the morning to six at night. Um, the work is hard, rapid, and constant. There is pressure to finish it all. Sometimes you can't even take your half-hour break to eat lunch. And if you take a break to drink water or go to the bathroom, you fall behind and they don't pay overtime. And there were many injustices where we worked. They treated us like slaves and worse than cows. It is as if our bosses and supervisors don't see us as human beings. Mm -hmm. And so this is, um, again, I'm reading from uh, his statement. So he goes yeah. on to say, one supervisor who is the son-in-law of the owner hit a worker, Francisco, in front of the others, in front of other workers. Mm -hmm. And just a little bit more context. It was his day off, and yeah. the supervisor wanted Francisco to work on his day off. Mm -hmm. And Francisco was like, no, it's mm -hmm. not. I'm not working this day. And so this, the supervisor, which is the owner's son, uh, beat Francisco, right? And, and so Crispin goes on to say, no one did anything to stop it. Everyone was afraid to say anything to him. They, intimida they intimidated us not to go outside to a protest um, where about what had happened to Francisco. So mm -hmm. the, the worker center, so members of the worker center, staff, and uh, folks from also like the Worker Justice Center did a protest after they found out that the supervisor's son, the supervisor, the owner's son had beaten this worker. Yeah. Right. In the story, Crispina's always like from his like firsthand account telling yeah. you what the nature yeah, of yeah. the conditions of the mm -hmm. farm is like. Um, Rebecca from the the lead organizer at the Worker Center. So one of the things that we did on staff, what she did, because she mainly worked um, with farm workers, is that they would go and do outreach at these farms. And yeah. they would go tell workers, like, um, like what their rights are. Um, mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, I mean, an employer is not... And again, like a lot They're of them, not gonna tell them what they are like what, entitled to. exactly. Yeah. And so and like um, you know, they're immigrants, and so like mm -hmm. a, a lot of that is like used to like keep workers, like to keep them to be in fear. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And even like setting more of the scene, like a lot of these employers were providing the housing that the oh, workers right, lived in. Right, that is so important, and the transportation for them right. to get around because. Like, folks didn't have driver's license. Yeah. And it's upstate New York, so everything... Ain't no you taxi, need a, yeah. ain't no taxi, no subway, no yeah. public Ain't no lift. No bus. Yeah, yeah. And, um... So, yeah, that that housing thing mm -hmm. um, is really important. So what Rebecca and, uh, like, Valen oh, the thing about the rides. So there's these things, uh, there's these people called riteros. Mm -hmm. And so riteros will take people around, but they I mean, sometimes they'll charge, like, $500 yeah. to take you somewhere. So it's like. What? Yeah, it's, it's a total fucking ripoff. Again, which is why, um, you know, one of the things that the Worker Center and other groups across the state have been working on is the driver's license yeah. issue. We've mm -hmm. talked about that. But Rebecca would go to the farms and do outreach. Mm -hmm. And so she had met Crispine and Saul. And so one of the things, not just about rights, you know, just, you know, like the rights that they were entitled to, but they also, Rebecca would also go and talk to them about health and safety. Mm -hmm. And so in another, like in another time, Crispine was telling his story. He was talking about how, like, they wouldn't provide gloves. Oh, and what, what they were doing at Mark's farm is that they were illegally mm -hmm. charging, mm -hmm. um, 
uh, workers for the gloves. Mm-hmm. So and Crispine, in one of the stories, he was saying that if they didn't use gloves, it's like, of course they're not going to use gloves because the boss is fucking charging them. Mm-hmm. But their nails were turned yellow. They had no idea what chemicals that they mm-hmm, were working mm-hmm. with. And so Rebecca went and they... Um, and she did. She wanted to talk to them about health and safety. And so one of the things that uh, we did, like a, that's a goal, was like to form like health and safety um, committees mm-hmm. on jobs, so that there would be a group of people who would not just share information with the rest of the coworkers, but make sure that like health and safety. Um, statutes, rights, and laws were being, like, enforced mm-hmm, in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And because, like you said, that they were... Um, so one of the things that the farmers often try to do is to say, because they provide the housing, which is often um, fucking deplorable, yeah. and they were they would try to have a say in who's coming to visit mm-hmm, workers mm-hmm. and not. And so, of course, they don't want somebody like Rebecca from a, a workers' rights organization mm-hmm. coming and talking to them. Rebecca went to the farm and she was talking to them about health and safety. They were talking about giving uh, the workers um, like English classes and other ways to improve mm-hmm, the working mm-hmm. conditions. And so the son of the owner saw Rebecca talking to Crispina Saul and then called the police. Yeah. And so one of the things I loved um, when I talked to Rebecca about this, you go through a lot of training and you learn a lot that's, to that's be an organizer. Thing. That's what I admire like, so much about Rebecca. And one of the mm-hmm. things that she said is that, like, that wasn't the first time that the owner had said that they didn't have, like, to, like, try to force them off the property. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's a... So Rebecca went to this training one time. And so she said that she learned because in the past when the police would come, she, you know, she was like, I was scared yeah. and the workers were scared. Yeah. And so she's like, I think I'm causing more mm-hmm. trouble. So she was like, I would just leave. Yeah. So she, Rebecca said she went to this training and the lead, one of like, um, the person facilitating this training, she had talked, she was talking to this person, another amazing badass organizer. And they were like, the, the facilitator told Rebecca, it was like, you need to ask the workers if they want you there or not. So mm-hmm. she's like, if the workers want you there, and side note, there was, um, it wasn't like a law or like a ruling, but there was what they called like an opinion from the uh, attorney general that said that even though that the farm owner provides the housing, workers are allowed to have whoever they want mm-hmm, to be mm-hmm. there as long as they want them there. Yeah. And so, um... Rebecca was like, after she went to that training, and she was like, like, no, like, I have to, like, stand my ground and ask the workers. It's like, hey, if you all want me here, then you need to tell your boss that you want me here. Mm-hmm. And so what, and again, from an organizer perspective, it's like, that's also making sure that, like, the workers and the people who you're organizing with have some stake. Like, Say, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. They're like, because, again, we're all scared. You know, normally you're like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I don't think I can do this. It's like, no. It's like, we're going to confront power. Mm-hmm. It's like, you, you have... I have the right to be here and you all want me to be here. Yeah. So it's like, this is also us exercising mm-hmm. our power together. And so at that meeting, when the police showed up, uh, Rebecca told them that, so she asked, so she says that she asked Crispina, I well, you all want me here, correct? And they were like, yes, we want you here. And so, and I remember seeing the pictures, like they had this huge fucking dog in this golf cart. Like they called the police and like, they were really trying to intimidate yeah, yeah, them. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, fast forward like a few days later, the farm owner says that there's a layoff that's about to happen. And magically, in the layoff, it's just two people. <laughs> it's just two people that are laid off. Yeah. And it was Crispine and Saul yeah. who were fired. Right? And so Crispine in like in this statement, he says that they gave him a piece of paper to sign. And, but it was all in English, right? Mm-hmm. Crispine, uh, he's actually uh, bilingual, but working on Eng- English. Trying to <laughs> bilingual be baddie now. Because uh, he's, uh, I don't remember, it's like Mixteco, so it's like the indigenous mm-hmm. language from his home region and Spanish. But they but the, 
They gave him a piece of paper to sign in a language that he can't understand, right? Mm-hmm. But they said he only had four days um, to move out, right? And so and, and in, this, in his uh, story, he says, he said, I didn't know if they were going to call the police again, and I didn't know mm-hmm. where to go. And so I think I had just come on to the, the, uh, the staff at the workers' center, like, in the midst of all this mm-hmm. happening. And so there was, like, a lot of actions and a lot of protests. Yeah, I remember. And, and it's like, this is so important about, um, because, again, he said it um, in the statement. It's very true. Like, this is, it's, like, a very, like, isolated group. Mm-hmm. It's like you have, like, like, a bunch of immigrant workers in these rural overwhelmingly white conservative yeah. terrible places and yeah. so there's not a lot of community mm-hmm. and so that's one of the really the important things that the workers center it's not just about organizing but it also like provides a lot of community and support right um for folks and so and i remember like like so saul and crispin were fired and then a lot of like volunteers and people in the community uh like made rode out like, like, like rode out yeah. did actions mm-hmm. uh, like help them find like housing, housing and a yeah. place to stay mm-hmm. And so it was. And so I say all of this to say that it was this, um, this case, this action mm-hmm. that laid the foundation for them, for, that laid the foundation for uh, the worker center to be able to file this lawsuit. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? And I remember, yeah. like, when we, every time we used to talk about the lawsuit, Rebecca would say whether the lawsuit is a success or not. Like, we got the lawsuit because of organizing, and whether the lawsuit happens or not, we're going to continue to organize. Wow. Right. And yeah, damn but they but they fucking won, and it's like I just I I don't know. It's like this is like fucking groundbreaking history that we like, and like living right now, and we're like a stone. Like we could walk to the center. Yeah, I from, live I from live a block house. and a half from the center. Yeah, and, and it's just like this little. It's like a scrappy ass grassroots organization yes, yeah. made fucking groundbreaking mm-hmm. um, history. history. And, and so here's another thing that I want to say, and and again because. Like again, Rebecca was actually going out talking to workers like Crispin mm-hmm. and Saul. So there's there's been a legislative effort for like the past twenty, thirty, like twenty, twenty five years. So it's called the Farm Worker Fair Labor Practices Act. And so the Farm Worker Fair Labor Practices Act is um it's a legislative effort that's been happening again for twenty five years. But the difference is, and this is a little bit of shots fired, it's like it's run it's been mainly led by this organization that doesn't have any base, no roots mm. in the community like in doesn't have real relationships right. with uh, workers. And it's been like a dead-end strategy for mm-hmm. the past 25 years. And so, like, the Worker Center um, like, is supportive of this legislation yeah. because it's important. But it's like, again, it's like a legislative strategy where there's no input, right, no right. buy-in, yeah. no roots and relationships mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. workers versus, like, the Worker Center mm-hmm. that is definitely a membership-based organization, always, like, first and foremost about base building. Yes. And it's like, this is where, like, this mm-hmm. huge historic groundbreaking victory has come from. And that's not a coincidence and it's not an accident mm. do you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying mm-hmm. and it's just like so what you're saying is that organizing really works organizing gets the fucking good that's exactly <laughs> what i'm saying and it's the spirit of rebellion yes you know what i'm like saying this. and it makes me think so one of the we should have an episode about this but one of the um the spirit of rebellion no so there's a because that a, ain't stonewall what the that, fuck that's, is? What, that's what it yeah. is it, it actually is a spirit mm-hmm. of rebellion and like uh but it makes me think of um uh, this uh, movement in uh, Mexico, uh, the Zapatistas. And, oh, yes! And so I've, I've learned a lot okay. about them through, like, Fabiola mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and Rebecca and, like, other folks um, through the Workers' Center, members of the Workers' Center. And there's, I'm going to... Post- Masked up like LaKaylee47. <laughs> out here fucking shit up! 
So one of like the leaders of of the uh, Zapatistas, uh, Subcomandante Marcos, or now I think Sub Subcomandante uh, Galliano. There's he gave this really wonderful address, and so and the one of the phrases that he, one of the quotes that I love from the full address is like, "We chose rebellion, that is to say, life." Wow. And it's like, mm-hmm. and it's like again going back to like Stonewall yes. and like yeah, at so many points, Crispin Saul, like Rebecca, mm-hmm. like could have not chosen yes. to rebel you know what i'm yes. saying yeah and yet mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. so it's just like it's just like a, a groundbreaking historic fucking victory it's like you read about these things and it's one thing to like have been in the yeah. periphery yeah, and to yeah. like to have played some small part yeah it's like you know all these historic monumental like court cases they just become names you know right roe v wade brown right. versus board right. you know Hernandez versus New York State. <laughs> right. But now we can be like, no, like Hernandez versus New York State. Like, and it's like, it's like a thing to like, it's gonna be so amazing to tell to tell our children. Yes, that like get around the quiggle of queers. Right. Let me tell you this historic victory. <laughs> but it's just mm-hmm. so much fucking work. Yes. That. That goes yeah. into making like a victory a like victory this happen, happen. Yeah. and so uh, this is also I just want to say uh, we should I'm gonna post the statement from Crispin from the uh, Workers Center website, but I also want to put a donate button on there because it's like mm-hmm. it's so much fucking work and so much time and energy and resources that's needed to make yeah. that happen. And so in order for Workers Center to keep winning these kind of victories, it's like they're gonna need like um, you support. know they need financial support, yeah. and so just just so much love and respect and admiration for. You know, the Worker Center, Worker Justice Center, and yes. uh, Crispin for making yeah. this fucking victory happen. Definitely. We love y'all. Yeah. All right. So we're going to move it on along to our topic segment. We, I think we're just going to do a catch-all topic segment right now. What you think? Because we've been doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think we're just going to talk about the just the queer shit that we've the, been up to together. Yeah. So what queer shit have we been up to together since you got back? What what in the homosexuality is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of strange how the universe just brings all these things together because mm-hmm. I think you had already wanted to go to that to that day party. I did, yeah. So we got an email from, I guess, I think it was like the manager of Mm -hmm. uh, Black Queer Playwright. And her name is Nia O. Witherspoon. And they were like, there's a show called Messiah. We want to put it on Mm -hmm. y'all's radar. You know, we think that, you know, y'all might be interested. Yeah. Come see it. Mm Mm-hmm. So we went to go see this play called Messiah. Messiah. Mm -hmm. At La Mama. At La Mama. I think it's like La Mama. uh, New York City. Yeah. Like cultural experiment center or something yeah. like that. So Messiah was like the first play of their Stonewall Fifty series, um, and so it was a play about like a young transmasculine person yeah. who creates kind of like this alter ego yeah. to survive like a lot of like uh, damaging shit that happened in yeah. their life, and so their alter ego is Messiah, yeah, um, who's like a very well known DJ. So like the the backdrop like it was like eighties era like so it's like yeah. the the aftermath and like it's kind of explicitly like set in the aftermath of like the Black Panther Party mm-hmm. uh, like Stonewall yeah and so there's like um, people um, in Messiah's life who are like in and around like those movements yes so it was a lot it was so I I think uh, we should say this yeah so um. If if you look up Messiah the play uh, by Nia Witherspoon, um, nothing gives like 
an impression that is going to be very like heavy, heavy, yeah. Uh, a lot of trauma, yeah. a lot of uh, like really, really rough, rough things, uh, and that I would say will either like activate, re-traumatize, or trigger people. Yeah. Um. And so they did have, I guess, like people in the audience that you could talk to if yeah. that happened to you. If but you they, got overwhelmed. But they weren't made known. Yeah. Like I didn't know that coming in that that these people were. I only knew that because we, like we were doing this. Are you okay? Are you okay? Are yeah. you you okay to each other and then like the person behind us was like that's what I'm here for right 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 um but I'm like this girl I'm already tripping now <laughs> <laughs> but um I just want to let folks know that yeah yeah, yeah yeah like nothing that I've seen in the promo the like description or anything like that that will let you know that you might yeah. be triggered activated or re-traumatized um, yeah cause I mean it just says that it um it, like interrogates generations of violence on black queer bodies and like so it's like violence isn't um like depicted in some way but like it's it's just very vis- you're right it's very visceral yeah it just felt that's the thing it's visceral like you you don't have to like show it for us to fill it in yeah because we we live yeah that, and like we have those experiences and um like as, it was just like it had been a week you know it's yeah. just like. So there was yeah. the death, the murders of uh, black, black trans, trans women. women. There was the attacks on uh, reproduct, um, you know, uh, abortion folks. and oh, like it was, yeah. it was, it was just it was a yeah, week, yeah. And so then to like walk into that and not know that yeah. that that was also going to be brought up. Also, I guess like a uh, like through my dissertation work, like somebody somebody called it. Oh, what is it called? Existential. Um, existential trauma yeah it's just like this existential thing that you're always experiencing because of your identities yeah so like seeing seeing um black women activists being like locked up or like yeah, attacked yeah, by yeah you know yeah. like the even these things that i haven't personally experienced i know folks who share my identities have experienced and so that hurts yeah and even like small things like getting your period at a time where you don't think you're about yeah, to get yeah, your period yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. that like stuff like that um, in the context of it being a black trans queer story, like it, it and you're already <laughs> yeah, like was, don't don't let yeah. this happen, don't let because yeah. you because you know you know like yeah. how you know so it's like yeah, so we just wanted to let folks know yeah. that about Messiah. So it's just extremely a very visceral, very. Um, but I thought um all of the actors were um phenomenal. phenomenal. It, I yeah. mean, it was like it was a very well. Um, acted uh, play. I think it was that too. Like I think if the actors were bad, uh, yeah, I, I was about to say, could, I think yeah. it's a testament to yeah uh, to their um, performance. You could kind of come out of it and be like, this. right, right, yeah. Right. But was, they were so good. It was very gripping and compelling. Gripping, yeah. Right? I think it tried to do. I don't think it. Tried, I think it succeeded in doing a lot of things politically. Uh, I, I guess I don't. I don't want to give like too much away in terms of like. So like, Messiah's dad is like a former Black Panther. I mm-hmm. think the mom is a Black Panther. Yeah. Um. There's um, a, a trans woman sex worker. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. In the show, and um, so I think they do a really good job mm-hmm. of because I think there's a, a way in which you could kind of talk about these three experiences as separate. 
like this this black man who was a panther. Yeah. This like black black former uh black panther woman who's incarcerated and this like trans trans uh Afro Latinx uh, yeah. woman yeah. who was you know who's like a stripper. Yeah. And th- I think it did an amazing job at like these these stories actually aren't separate. Right. And they were actually all in the same family. Right. And like interconnected. These these struggles weren't separate. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And and I also mean that like like because you could like, I think you could make these characters tropes, but I feel like they were like interesting. They were com- yeah, they were complex. They were contradictory, but which again made it harder, right? Yeah. It's like uh, yeah, because if yeah, if it's tropes, then you can't connect. It's like oh, that's yeah. just a caricature, right. right? If it's a trope, you can dismiss it. Yeah, because you're just like oh well, like we know this character, the like right, right, the right. the cishet black man who um, only shows up for liberation if it's centering other cishet right, right, black right. men. Like we could dismiss, but right. that, but that, wasn't, that he wasn't that dude. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess like one of the things that I was like, I kind of left thinking is like when if it would only on some level it would almost only be like a black queer playwright to try to to put all oh, of these yeah, things yeah. together because I feel like so often you just kind of like you get a little bit here, you get a little bit mm-hmm. like you know a little bit there, but it's like it was um, they were really trying to bring a lot of. Like, I think broader political, economic, social forces, historical moments together through, like, people. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's a really hard thing to, to do. do. Yeah. And, I, you know, and I think I, I think for the most part, I think that they did that. Right? It's like, because they, they even tried to bring in, um, you know, like, like the crack epidemic. Yeah. It's like. Do you it's, feel like it was too much? I mean, I feel like it was a lot, but I also feel that. I mean, I feel the compulsion about why you would try to get it all in there because... It's real. Not even that, but because it's kind of like what... I mean, it's just like the nature of sitting at all these different, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. like, intersections is that it's like, if I don't try to capture this in this particular way, there's no... Like, who else will... Who's a... Who else can do it justice? Who else Mm -hmm. is going to... Who else is going to have, again, Black Panther, Stonewall, Crack... Queer, black, queer, right. trans, masculine person right. in one story. In one story, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I hear that. I I can't I can't tell if it's like the the person in me who just wanted some happiness, or if it's like the therapist in me, or something. But some part of me is like screaming that we don't have to document and perform our uh, like trauma and tragedy in order to heal from it. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I'm just, like, thinking, what would it have been like if Act 2 would have gone differently? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, like, what what if there, like, was a light at the end of yeah. Messiah? Yeah. Um, and so I think when I say it was too much, I think that's what I'm left feeling. It's, like, I was unpacked and not, like, not made aware that I was going to yeah. be so. I was unpacked. There wasn't There wasn't, like, a moment to, like, just come up and take a deep breath. I lived that. So it's like how... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it reminds me of the conversation that's out now about uh, the Ava DuVernay uh, film on uh, Central Park oh, 5. When they yeah. see us, it's like, I'm, like, to your point about not knowing ahead of time, like, I've already made the decision personally that, like, I'm not going to watch when they yeah, see us. Yeah. I know... I know the about, story. Yeah. And, like, it is horrific. And I, I don't need to be yeah. convinced of anything. Right, right, right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, I think, I think that you're right in the sense that, like, I think more and more when I look for, like, cultural productions, it's like, I, I don't need to see that because it's yeah. like, I live it and I know it. And I just feel like there's other ways to, and, and it's, there's like, 
and I feel like there was a range of different violence Thank in, in you. acting. That's what I was thinking. And it's like, I don't need to see every form of end, intimate yeah, violence yeah. like enacted uh, upon yeah. like black queer people. And I, I, um, I've been fighting with myself after seeing this too. And, uh, like, you know, because I'm a therapist and sometimes I feel like I, I am like numb to seeing the extreme forms of violence because I deal and like hear right. them all the time. But it's like it also minimizes the day to day violences in, in trans masculine people's yeah. lives and women's lives and like um, black trans women's lives when we're like the violence only looks like death and murder yeah. and rape. Yeah. It's like, no, the violence also looks like misgendering me. The yeah, violence yeah, yeah, also yeah, yeah, looks yeah. like telling me what bathroom I can and can't use. The violence also looks like taking away my rights to access like healthcare. The violence also looks like not hiring me. The violence also looks like closing down the place that I've worked for right. 25 years. The violence also looks like gentrification. It's like all these things yeah. don't, don't get included and as I like violence. And it's also, and I'm even just thinking about like the like the sort of like daily anxieties. Yes, that that you and I feel like those actors were so good, good that they yes. could have like they could have yeah. easily like dramatized yeah like those like more quotidian or common forms mm-hmm. of violence. You could they could <laughs> they could dramatize that in mm-hmm. such a way mm-hmm. to still be like compelling. Agreed. You know what I mean? And I've seen it. I've seen it happen in black queer stories, like. Y'all know I love it. I'm Wakanda in it. It's whatever. But with Rafiki. Like, like there are these small moments where it's like, oh, we know that. We know that anxiety of, like, we can't look at each other too long. We can't touch each other this way in public. We can't wear our hair this way because somebody's going to pick up, know, and read. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, Messiah was excellent. Yeah. Because, like I said, I think it would have been... If it would have been bad, we would have been able to be like, this, this right. shit right here. Right, right, right. But we couldn't. It was so gripping, yeah. right? You're just like, <laughs> right. every moment. This is like, it's like a moment where you're like, okay, you have, you have to remind you yourself have to, to breathe. You have to remind yourself that it's not real. Yeah. Like, this is a play that you're yeah. watching. There was a, uh, a moment where I talked to um, Lakira, saying, behind me, hey, Lakira. Um, but she was like, oh, that's my wife. Big Messiah is my wife. And I was just like, like I could breathe, like I could remember right. that, like this is a, this pers- is a person. Yes, yeah. like outside of this, that they're gonna get home safe yeah, and that it's yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. someone who loves them is there, you yeah. know. Um, yeah, but yeah. So then, so we went to see Messiah, <laughs> and then the day party, and then the day party was the next day. And then I feel like you and I had a good time, just like on the ride down there, because I hadn't seen you in a month. Yeah, in a month. Yeah, yeah. And so that day party, wow, I. I have never felt older than I did at that day. Y'all, party. Nikita was clutching her metaphorical I, pearls. It was I was clutching my uh, messenger. Bag. I felt like y'all ever like cursed in front of your mama. That's the feeling I felt dancing at the day party because the way Nikita was looking at me. What are you talking about? I was you like, were just like <gasps> I was like you're gyrating. I, I think at one point you literally said you are throwing that thing in a rhombus or I, something I, like I that. Said you that said. Montanique was throwing that ass in a geometric proof. <laughs> that, that, that's what you said. A geometric proof. <laughs> I came. I did not drive four and a half hours to stand on the wall. I'm old. I don't have rhythm, so I don't do a lot of dancing in public. I'll do like, you know, I'll move my, I'll do a good auntie shimmy. <laughs> I'll do a little two-step. Oh, but me? I came to twerk dumb. <laughs> 
was just like, oh my god, I, and it feels like everyone was twerking. I was like, anybody else gonna hit the two step with me? No, it was it was no in between. It was either people, you know, like doing the little, yeah. um, the little, I got the drink in my hand sway, right, or like bust the bigger, bust the bigger. That's exactly, that's exactly what it was. There was really no in between. No in between. I got to meet Jazz, the King of the South. Yes, the supreme twerker. That was yeah. Oh my god, and I twerked with her. I just watched from afar because I'm a weirdo. I I made it my mission. When I saw her, at first I was like, no, nah, that's not Jazz. Um, uh, and for those who don't, y'all don't know who I'm referring to, I'm talking about Jazz on Your Mind from uh, the Black Joy mixtape. And um, I was like, that that can't be her because like, she doesn't live in New York, but shit, we don't either. And we were there. And when I saw her dancing, I was like, that's definitely Jazz. <laughs> and so I made it my mission. It's like, I'm going to twerk with Jazz before I leave this party. And I did. You did. I don't go out enough. I was like, I just haven't seen that much gyration and ass shaking since God knows when. <laughs> you know, people dancing real close. It was close fun. And- it was <laughs> dancing too close. Stand I said dance. Back and dancing kind yeah. of close. Anyway. Uh, that, Yeah. I haven't danced like that in a while. I was like, wow, my thighs hurt. Oh, my God. I didn't even dance that much. My knees were shot for the rest of the week. <laughs> yeah, I was like, damn, I need to, you know, work on my squats and lunges because these thighs ain't what they used to be. Oh, my God. I didn't, I was I was just doing a little two-step, and I was like, somebody is going to just, I, I need to go to some kind of chiropractor or something. <laughs> but when you two-step from... Three to seven. Three to seven. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a lot of exercise we got. You know, my waist beads were like down. I couldn't even feel where they were. I feel like I sweated out like five pounds in there. Oh my God, easily. <laughs> easily. Yeah. It was just it's so, amazing. it was so much fun. It was so much fun. You know, okay, this, there was a moment, it was like the, we were in the front part and um like the dj had like just started so it was like warming up yeah but it was so packed they had to open the door to go into this go, whole other place yes yeah. yeah yeah and when that was full and the outside was yeah. full i was like there's there's at least there had to be at least like 500 people there you think so more if not more it was, and then there's like a little outside patio a, a outside area. area where the aunties were yeah yeah or what's the gender neutral term for aunties i don't know the auntles, Auntle. the auntles, where the um, the stop the the aunt. Mm, mm, I, I can't think of one. You about to say aunties? The aunties. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Either way, it was <laughs> the aunties, the auntles, and the zaddies the, were. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, the outfits! Shit, the outfits were amazing. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! And. I'm just gonna dote on myself for a little bit. I feel like I had like a, a nice. Oh, Nikita was cute, outfit. y'all. I'm I'm gonna post the picture. I've been saving it because you know Pride Month, and yeah. I don't want to shock the gram too hard. But y'all, I took this picture of Nikita. I don't know what Trey Songz was talking about, Mister Steal Your Girl. That's obviously I Nikita Alize. I was on the way. <laughs> I like how you've made that my name. Yeah, it's your name. It's you and Seth that have started that. <laughs> Nikita. My middle name is not Alizé. It is? Not yet now. I'm, I'm going to have to do a name change. I don't understand why you keep denying it's your um, my, name. It's but. really not. 
that that part yeah. was amazing. Yeah, it was the I I thought to myself as we were driving back, this is the gayest weekend. The the not just gay, but like the the community, like Cupac. It's yeah, the most yeah, Cupac yeah, weekend yeah, yeah. I've ever had in my life. Yeah, I feel like this particular moment in my life. Is like I thought, you know, coming out. Here's some hope for y'all during Pride Month. I thought coming out and all of that shit meant that I had like arrived or something. Yeah. Like that was the gayest part of my life. This is by far ten ten years into ten this years gay out, shit. Yeah. <laughs> when you, when they give you the life member card, yeah. <laughs> it's like this this shit. Is we lit. we got some stamps in our queer passport. Right. That right. Weekend. Yeah, amazing. It was great. It was just it was so great. much fun. Yeah, from the music. Like, I was like, oh, they're not going to play, like, my song. Of course they are. Because that's the, that's the other thing about culture. It's like people, like, like uh, minimize. Yeah. Like, there's a, a Q-pop culture. culture. yeah. So we all listen on the same wave. Sure. Um, except, you know, you. Oh, my God. But- <laughs> it was like, so my friend uh, Diedrich was telling me about some meme that he saw. He was like... My old is it's I guess the meme is like some old person is asking every time a female rapper comes on, is this Megan the Stallion? <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. You mean the butterfly? Yeah. The butterfly meme? Yeah, I was like, is this Megan the Stallion? That's exactly how I felt. And I asked you You asked me several times And you were like, No, this is <laughs> who is it? Some woman? Rico Nasty Rico Nasty. Oh, yeah. Nikki is like, I was like is, is this Megan the Stallion? And you're like, no, it's City Girls. I'm like, whatever. I can't keep up. They started playing uh, Twerk. And Nikita's like, is this Megan the Stallion? No. Just... No. How can you be my friend and not know? But I went Young home. Young Tina Snow going hard on the hoes. So so here's the thing. It's like, I'm, I've am i just been a visual fan. Of Megan. Of Megan the Stallion. Like, I hadn't actually listened to the music. And then I was cleaning my apartment June 1st. And I was like, let me see what these young kids. Wow. <laughs> I'm so behind. Big old freak? Yes. Oh, sweet you, She texted me, y'all, and she was like, you know, big old freak is not... It's, oh, gosh. It's, it's so a bop. late. So I listen late. to some city girls. I feel very hip. You, you've you been listening to Ari Lennox? You are you are I'm, firmly in 2019. I am. Back on it. <laughs> and and yeah. I, I didn't... I told myself I was never going to tell anyone this, but like I was listening to that music, and there was like, a mirror in my hallway. I was like, let me try to just twerk, and it didn't work. You can't twerk? And I can't. I don't believe you. Said my ministry, but I was I I was like got into a position, and and this was like, and and there had, and I don't know if my knees are fully healed from the day party, so that could also be a thing. I got in position. I was like, it's not it just I can't get anything to move. I'll show you, and we'll we'll do it to Megan. Oh, because she hot girl Meg gives us Simon says put your hands on your. Oh, hips. you know I love an instruction. <laughs> I love an instruction. So when she gets to Simon says bust it open like a freak. Whoa! I <laughs> then you'll get you. We'll work on it. I was about to say I can't just freestyle busting it open like a freak. <laughs> you know what I need to work on is um my, the strength in the front part of my legs so I can like push back <laughs> because I feel I felt you know I feel like I was like punked a little bit because I was being thrown around. You yeah you <laughs> you like, been tossed around like a rag doll. <laughs> A certified ass shaker, a la jazz on your mind. I gotta get some strength in my legs and plant my feet so that you know I won't be bounced around the dance floor. Yeah, well, but. I'm I'm so below that. <laughs> um, if there's a beginner course, 
sign me up. <laughs> left, right, left, right, left. There you go. Okay. That's the beginner's course. All right. All right, Nikita, do you have any Curve Chronicles? Um, I just feel um, overwhelmingly curved by the young queer pop community. After that party, I was like, I gotta get. I was like, I gotta get my shit together. Get back on it. Did it? Was anybody like making eyes? Nobody is gonna. Nobody was gonna be making eyes with (laughs) the bitch huddled in the corner, (laughs) clutching her messenger bag. You really were. For your life, there was a moment (laughs) that I was dancing with somebody. I look like a deer in headlights. Looked over at you, and you looked so scared. You look like somebody's little kid that they brought to the party, and they were like, "Don't move out this corner." That's how. Yeah, that's how. I'm just, and I'm also just not good in big groups. I'm I'm so surprised that you didn't like roll up and and like try to dance with somebody though. Oh my god, I would never dance with a stranger. <laughs> never, ever, 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 ever. But I tried to dance with you too, and you were like, yeah! <laughs> "I'm just." I, I'm. I also like. I don't. I don't. I get it from my mom. This one time we were at this family thing and my mom was dancing and I was like, oh my God, she cannot dance for shit. <laughs> and I was like, this is where I get that from. And so I just I just don't dance in public. Hmm. We'll have some private dance lessons. I so really need. That way when we go to the next joy party. I mean, I will not be throwing my ass in a geometric proof, but, you know, maybe I can at least. all have to twerk. Maybe I can at least throw it in like a two perp- perpendicular lines. Yeah. There you go. You just got to get you a, a, a good little rock bop yeah. going. Yeah. And that's all you really need, you know. So, I'm just like, okay, I've, I've, it was, I had a lot of fun, but I was like, bitch, you're old. <laughs> you are really old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel quite like an elder there, but I could see it coming. Yeah. It's like right around the corner. I've been telling you that. You be, you be in denial about it. First of all, I'm not old. You're Second not. of all, yeah. I didn't feel like an elder in that space. Even though I, I did see some folks that I would consider, like, queer elders there. And I was like, I can't wait till I'm on that level. Just come in with the um, the different color linen suit yeah. and just be like, I'm here for the drinks and to watch y'all. Okay? <laughs> you got any Curve Chronicles? You've been... Uh... You know, I've been thotting and bopping. You really have. I've been, oh, like, you know... It's your season. Flourishing bitch. and frolicking. It is your season. Uh, I think... Do good in the summer. I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's the tattoos. Like, <laughs> but I think no. I don't have any curved chronicles. What, what, curved. What kind of chronicles do you have? Um, maybe a skew. <laughs> what in the fuck is a skew? I feel like I um walked in to like the joy party and I was like hell bent on having fun. Yeah. And so there was that. And I think that. Like, when I'm feeling the best about me is when, like, people tend to, like, yeah. notice me or I whatever. Like, I feel like you were, like, radiating in the space. Yeah. And so, I just had a lot of fun, you know. I danced with a lot of people. A lot of people, like, you know, commented on my attractiveness. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know if it's, like, a curve. That's what I was like. I don't know if it's Curved Chronicles. Because, like, mm, I don't know if this is, like, a new thing with the youngins. But, like, I didn't, I didn't get any numbers or any Instagrams. Do people do that anymore? I thought people did. Like, if people are really like, oh, what's good? 
I've never met anybody in any kind of like social setting like that. So I wouldn't know. Hmm. You know, I'm starting to like realize that my dating history is, is like, like not as normal as I thought it was. Because I meet people in, like, social settings. I've met people in, like, party settings or, oh, like, I've never done house sets and stuff. And, like, it'll immediately be, like, I don't want to know you as a friend. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> and so how do we, yeah, how do we, like, initiate this? Um, but that's not what people do. People are just like, maybe we can hang out. You know, my friends are going here. Maybe we can meet with your friends. Maybe oh. we could be friends. We could do this every weekend. Like, <laughs> but. That's so funny. Yeah. But yeah, it was cute. I was cute. That's that you know, I didn't curve myself. Mm. You know? I I was like, bitch, you look good. You did. You and Yeah. I was looking. Mm, like a right swipe on Tinder. So How millennial. Yeah. I think that's it. I don't have any like specifics. I have to think about it for our all curved all the time. Yeah. Cause I a lot of stuff happened in Portland. Oh. So I'm just gonna curve that whole damn city. But uh yeah, we could talk about that. All right. So, this is a good time to remind you all to send your curved chronicles to queerwalkpod at gmail.com. And for those of you who might need a refresher of what a curved chronicle is, it's just the dating wins woes and woes. And wins. Yes. Or right. wins and woes. Yes. Of the cute pox. All right. So. Yeah, so don't forget to use the hashtag QueerWOC to tell us what you thought of, like, these segments or the stuff that we discussed in this episode. Um, send us donations, dollar sign QueerWalkPod or Patreon.com slash QueerWalkPod. Listen to us on all the things. Yeah. Do all the things. This, is that a show with both uh, of us back in action? Yes, Nikita's back. I think you have listened to another episode of Queer Walk. I don't so think I know you. This listen. has been Money, the cotton candy lesbian. And this has been Nikita, your brush cut baddie. And that's Queer Walk, the podcast. <laughs>